What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. It's light the tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Ray, Jeff Howe with you. I'm out here in Palo Alto, California. Jeff, alongside our producer, Cam Parker, in our uh, comfortable studios at the ARN compound there in the capital city. Uh, You didn't ask for this, but I'll just feel compelled to tell you anyway, Jeff. Currently 61 degrees here in Palo Alto with a high temperature today of 73. That'll be the high. 73 uh today I'm so thrilled uh, for you yeah i know but hey i'll be back with you tomorrow re- regardless of what happens uh tonight uh, back in austin if the longhorns win uh tonight game three of the super regional series it'd be a pretty quick turnaround because uh they would probably have to leave on wednesday um to for omaha because thursday is the workout day uh, press conference day and practice day for all of the teams at uh, at Charles Schwab Field at the Schwab, as they say. So uh, they would th- that would be happening on Thursday because of course the series starts on Friday. Now that'll be that two three six seven side of the bracket in terms of the seating, which is already completed. Uh, the number two seed Florida will face the seven seed. Uh, and uh, and that is uh, Virginia. And then, of course, Oral Roberts uh, winds up taking the spot of the sixth seed because they had knocked out Oregon, which had knocked out Vanderbilt, who had been the sixth seed. Which That was and a then, hell of a – that Eugene Super Regional was a hell of a series, by the way. Wasn't it? Wasn't that a cooker? My goodness. Uh, you know, Friday, uh, they <laughs> ORU's up 8 nothing. Going to the bottom of the third. And I'm listening to this game, Jeff, while driving to Oracle Park. Because went to the Giants-Cubs game Friday. So I'm listening to it. How was that, and by get, the way? It was great. I'll get to that in a minute. So I get I, I, I get there. And uh, and then, of course, I park about eh, five or six blocks away. There's a parking garage. It wasn't a bad deal. It was about five or six blocks away. Parked and and then walked uh, to the ballpark and went in and, and had – and had some good seats there on the first base side, uh, and uh, and about thirty rows up, about halfway between home plate and first base. And then I got an, uh, uh, I think it was an ESPN alert, or it was some sort of alert that showed that Oregon had come all the way back to tie it. I'm like, what? So then I have to pull it up and watch on my phone the end of the the end of the game and see Oregon get the walk off, largest comeback in Super Regional history. Then they're a strike away, a pitch away from winning game two and sweeping it, and ORU comes back in the ninth in game two and walks it off as the designated home team, getting the double that 
hit the line, hit the uh, painted line. I won't say chalk line because it was painted line on the field turf at uh, PK Park there in Eugene, and it got the tying in game-winning runs home. Then, uh, and then they have yesterday where each team kind of jockeyed for the lead early in the ballgame, and then ORU just rested control of it, and they go on and win. Oral Roberts going to its second College World Series ever. 1978 was the first time. So the Golden Eagles will be there, and they'll play TCU. And, of course, TCU got to host the Super Regional against Indiana State. That story was talked about at great length last week, how Indiana State was unable to host, even though they'd been a a seeded team, and TCU was not. They were unable to host uh, due to staffing issues, lack of hotel space, and them hosting the Special Olympics in Indiana. So uh, TCU got to host, and they finished off the Sycamores in two straight. So the Horned Frogs going back to the College World Series. And it's the first time they've gone in six years, 2017, the last time they went. And um, and and so you're going to have TCU against ORU in another first-day matchup. And I mentioned Florida and Virginia. Then on the other side, uh, you have uh, the two matchups yet to be determined because Tennessee is playing Southern Miss this afternoon. Uh, they, of course, got pushed back due to the rain. And... Uh, they finished game one with Southern Miss winning that one 5-3, and then Tennessee spotting USM an early 4 nothing lead in game two and then coming back to win 8-4. So they have one final game in Hattiesburg today. The winner of that is going to get LSU. They looked really good in dispatching Kentucky and two straight. And then, of course, the winner of tonight's decisive final game here in Palo Alto between Texas and Stanford uh, draws the assignment of taking on the number one team in the country, the top-seeded team. They've been number one for a while, and they look every bit the part of the best team in all of college baseball, the Wake Forest team and Deacons. They beat Alabama 22-5 to yesterday to wrap that up. So uh, you know, whoever survives tonight is going to have to deal with Wake Forest. But you know what? Both sides will take it. They would take the opportunity to get to Omaha and a chance if they can do it. But Wake Forest still does. And we've been talking about this for a while, Jeff, and others have been our friend Kendall Rogers at D1Baseball.com. Keith Moreland told me, months ago that he thought Wake Forest was the best team in all of college baseball. This was early March. We went somewhere for a road game, and he, he said in his his mind, Wake Forest was the best team in all of college baseball. And they look it right now. Dang. They look really good. Yeah, so, I uh, that the bracket that the the winner, whoever comes out of this Stanford Super tonight, that, that top bracket's the one that just... Isn't it a beast? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you wonder uh, you wonder whoever comes out of that thing. I mean, <laughs> you talk about needing to fill the cup back up. You, you got to get out of that bracket and then play a best of three. To win yeah, the if, if 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 Stanford wins tonight, uh, three of the four seeds hold to form. The one, the five, and the eight. The one that doesn't would be the four because Clemson got knocked out. Yeah, uh, by Tennessee. But uh, the one, the five, and the eight hold. On the other side. Uh, only two of the seeds have held, but they're going to meet head-to-head, the two-seed Florida, the seven-seed Virginia. And they both uh, you know, won their Super Regional Series, obviously, at home. Virginia got extended to a final game by Duke, but they uh, they pretty much pummeled the Blue Devils in uh, the second and third games to win that. Yeah. So uh, they look really, really good. And uh, and then uh, and then they, they get ready uh, to take on Florida, who is – uh, who's been really good. Remember, Texas Tech needed only one win and two tries uh, in Gainesville in the regional against the Gators. Couldn't get it. 
And it's the same situation Longhorns have found themselves in. They need one win and two tries. Well, one has gone by the boards after that complete game performance from Quinn Matthews last night. So they got one last shot tonight here in Palo Alto to try to win it and get back to Omaha for an NCAA record 39th uh, time overall. You know, I was just, I was just thinking about this, Craig. When you look at the six that are there right now, they're locked in. And I'll even throw uh, I, you know, I'll even, I'll even throw Tennessee into this mix. Like Tennessee, TCU is like this. Uh, the, the teams that are going to – and Texas, if Texas wins tonight, the teams that are not national seeds that would be going to Omaha – yeah, they're all playing. You can make an argument. Any of those teams are are playing the best of anybody in the country. Tennessee and TCU going into the year. I mean, Craig, what top fifteen type teams? Yep. Um, yep. Tennessee and, was number one. Yeah, at and, one and they're point, very and, early, and they're they're just now starting to figure it out. You know, they've had. I know Tennessee was dealing with the the Malyahuna business and trying to get him yep. his deal figured out. But you know, once they got it figured out. Uh, Say what you will about Tony Vitello, and I know some people have a lot to say about Tony Vitello. Tony but, Vitello, <laughs> but yeah. they, uh, you know, they've gotten it figured out. And TC, TCU, kind of the same thing. You know, they added some new pieces, and we, they, kind of like Oklahoma last year. You know, stormed through the Big Twelve tournament, won, went, went on the road to Fayetteville, and dominated a really good regional. Uh, you know, you can talk about getting the draw of Indiana State and facing them at home. But that's a really good Indiana State team that they beat. Um, mm-hmm. it, I say all that to say this: like typically. When you get to Omaha, one or two of the eight, Craig, you'd be like, okay, they had a really easy road. Like, they caught some breaks. I don't think you can say that about any of these teams going into this No, I, I mean, I mean, and I understand why folks say, well, TCU kind of, you know, the door opened wide open for them. You still have to walk through it. You still have to make the plays and, and do it. And they earned, in large measure, their ticket by – Taking out the three seed Arkansas and just pounding. That's what I'm saying. Like you go to you go to you go into Fayetteville and beat Arkansas the way TCU did it. You can't you can't sell me on oh well they you know they the everything was there for them. No you you earned it. You earned your trip to Omaha if you do that. Yep. Uh, and and so that's you know that's that's what's at stake. And and uh, obviously that's what'll be at stake for Texas. Uh, to have the opportunity, and and they will have truly earned it, having beaten the number nine seed on the road and the number eight seed on the road, which we talked about on Friday. Uh, no Texas team has ever won a regional series and a super regional series when both were on the road. It's never happened that way. Uh, they uh, they they've never done. It. In fact, they've never even played a super regional on the road after playing a regional on the road. It's never happened that way. In 99, the first year of the 60-14 bracket, so you start from 99, the Super Regional concept, which first came in. Uh, they were in, it was Augie Garrido's first tournament team. They had a regional on the road at Houston, and they got knocked out there. In 2000, they won the regional in Tempe against Arizona State, beating Arizona State twice uh, to win it, and then they got to come home and play the Super Regional at home. The reason why, is, and they played Penn State, the reason why is because, A, Penn State didn't submit a bid. I think the Longhorns might have been a higher seed. But Rutgers was the team that would have hosted the Super Regional. And Rutgers got knocked out by Penn State. So Texas got to host that Super Regional against uh, Penn State, and they won that one. In Super Regional in Piscataway, what a, what a trip that was. How about that? Been. And they actually played – you know where they played that, Jeff? They ended up not playing it in Piscataway. They played it in the – 
independent minor league ballpark in Montclair, New Jersey, a little bit north of there, huh. the home of the New Jersey Jackals, and they and they and they played it up the there. Jackals, at, at Jackals at Yogi Berra Stadium is where they played it, and and uh, Penn State won that regional, and then came to Austin for the Super and Texas swept them. Uh, Augie's first trip to Omaha with the Longhorns, two thousand, two thousand one. Texas came out here and lost. It was a similar situation. Uh, to what they have right now in the Super, what they had in the Regional. They needed one win in two tries against Stanford, and the Cardinal won two one-run ballgames, similar to the thing in 2017 when Texas went to Long Beach. They needed one win and two tries, and Long Beach won 4-3 and 2-1 to win that. Uh, you know, uh, 2 they, uh, they were at home for both. 3 they went to Tallahassee, uh, which is, by the way, the last time Texas won a road Super Regional. It's been 20 years. 2003, Tallahassee, when they swept Florida State, Augie Garrido on that weekend passed Cliff Gustafson to become college baseball's all-time winning as head coach at that time. Mike Martin, of course, passed him a few years ago, that mark. But uh, it's been 20 years since Texas won a road Super Regional because they've been at home most of the time for the Supers. They were in 04. In 05, uh, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, though. yeah. I know what I was going to say, and they won in Oxford in 05, obviously. That was in three games. I was all prepared last night to say the last time the Longhorns swept a Super Regional on the road was 2003. Swept. And that was at Florida State. And which, if Texas had won last night, they would have done that, but they didn't. So, yes, the last time they won a Super Regional on the road was 2005 at Ole Miss. Uh, unforgettable Super there. Uh, 06, they lost the regional at home. Stanford beat them in the winner's bracket on Saturday, and then they got eliminated on Sunday afternoon by NC State, which then lost to Stanford. That was the last time Texas played a regional in the old configuration at UFC Udish Falk Field before the remodeling. Because in 07, they had the regional in Round Rock, where they lost to UC Irvine. Uh, 08, they lost the regional in uh, Houston at Reckling Park to Rice, got knocked out there by Rice. 09, they were at home to win uh, the regional and the super regional. Same thing uh, it, it, when they beat TCU in 09, 20, uh, 2009 in the third game. Then they played TCU in 2010 at home and lost, which, by the way, Jeff, is the last time Texas lost game three of a super regional series 13 years ago. TCU Randy Maisie, the assistant coach, and the Horn Frogs dog piling on the on the, on the Longhorn logo. We, we all remember that in Shallow Center. That's the last time Texas lost a super regional in the decisive third game. Since then, they've not lost a game three of a super regional. So uh, that's that's some 2011 beating Arizona State. Uh, then then. Uh, uh, then uh, 2014, they swept Houston mm-hmm. in the Super, and then uh, and then we mentioned, of course, 2018, uh, uh, Texas winning uh, over Tennessee Tech when they got extended to the third game because they dropped game one and won games two and game three, and then of course they swept the last two, uh, winning those. So uh, now they face the difficult task of trying to win a Super Regional on the road. Uh, in a decisive third game. The last time they did that, 2005, when they beat Ole Miss. So we'll see what happens tonight. It's, it's going to be obviously an excellent test for them. Uh, all right, uh, coming up, 
We have some more football notes from Jeff, and we'll hear from Dylan Campbell, and we'll hear as well from Mitchell Daly. That's coming next when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. I found out what my daughter's playing over there, Craig. That's getting her all riled up. Yeah, some kind of Le- some kind of Lego Marvel adventure game. I just saw okay. Cap- I just saw Captain America running a Lego Captain America running around on the screen, so. and she's all fired up about it. Oh yeah, very good, very very good. Uh, before we get to our Longhorn notebook, we do need to get to our Flex Thirty update. So let's have our Flex Thirty update here. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Uh, UIL State Baseball Tournament in the books and the... uh, Final games have been played and done. Congratulations to the six state high school baseball champions. Abbott Panthers, we mentioned the other day, beat Fayetteville to win 6-5. to five. Uh, Harleton winning the 2A title, 2A title over Shiner, 10-5. to five. Uh, Congratulations to uh, the 3A state champions and... Uh, the 3A state champions are Boyd. They beat Wall on Saturday, 6-4 to four to win the title. The 4A state championship going to China Spring. Cougars knocking out Liberty Ilo to win that state title. 5A state championship going to Magnolia West, which edged Argyle 3-2. to two. And your 6A state champions of baseball, Cameron Parker, would you care to tell folks who won the 6A state title? You're right, Craig. Flower Mound it proved to be just too much for Pearland, who knocked off, of course, uh, the remaining Centex area team, Westlake, uh, 11-1 in that semifinal game, then 6-4 in favor of the Jaguars to knock off the Oilers. So congrats to Flower Mound. Yeah, I I, I was surprised. I'm, you know, it's a sport, I'm, sorry. Yeah, and, and obviously I was surprised that uh, Pearland ended up run ruling Westlake. I thought Westlake. Uh, yeah. I thought it would be a competitive game. Obviously, a close game, but a great season for Westlake. Shaps won forty ball games this year. Had a great run. Uh, it, it ended with Pearland. But the, when we were talking about those teams, I said you haven't seen Flower Mountain ever seen because they have great pitching, defense, and timely hitting. You know who the coach at Flower Mountain is? Who? Remember Danny Wallace? Oh, Georgetown. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Danny Wallace gets him a state title at Flower Mound. So uh, uh, that's uh, that's that's one of those uh, one of those baseball powers. The first time really Flower Mound appeared on the scene, Jeff. I know you'll remember this. Remember when uh, who was the uh, the right hand project? Kyle Thornton, I believe. Kyle Johnston. Johnston, excuse me. Kyle Johnston pitched for Flower Mound, and they won a state title. Uh, and so the Jags win another. 6A state championship when uh, and, uh, Kyle Johnston pitched for them. Hard so there throwing, they are. Hard throwing right hander. Well, boy, was he ever. Uh, so there are your six state champions. Abbott in 1A. I was waiting for you to say the Fighting Willie Nelsons because that's what you've been Yes, saying. the Fighting Willie Nelsons. Congratulations. <laughs> the Panthers winning the 1A. Harleton from East Texas. Spelled just like Tarleton, but with an H. Beating Shiner to win the 2A title. 3A state championship going to Boyd over all the Yellow Jackets from Wise County. 4A state title, China Spring. Uh, the 5A state championship, Magnolia West, northwest side of the greater Houston area, uh, by edging out Argyle. Still a great run for Argyle in their first year as a 5A program. And Flower Mound winning your 6A state championship. Real quick on so Magnolia West, 30. Craig. Yeah. Their Twitter account, Jeff, Mag West Dirt Boys. I love ah. the Twitter handle. <laughs> dirt Boys. Kind of like the dirt bags of Long Beach, mm-hmm. the Dirt Boys. Okay, well done. And one, one more thing about state baseball. Um, I think it was funny that after Abbott won, did Abbott win with the walk-off in their semifinal? They did. they did. I said, hey, go have a victory celebration at La Margarita. We started talking about La Margarita. I think it's hilarious that you ended up going to La Margarita for dinner that night. I went to La Margarita that night. <laughs> we were talking about it. And I sent you guys the, the photo of that. And uh, and then and then Cam tried to dredge up all the uh, the the old food poisoning thing. <laughs> I heard the like, full story from the Ron Rock guys. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can eat there. I don't know. That is a very disgusting story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eh, just and, uh, it. But I guess yeah, you guys well, enjoyed it. I know Coach Carter still goes there even after the incident. So, well, you have to remember this is this is thing. I remember having this conversation with uh, some of the news folks. KXAN used to run a thing called Food for Thought. Where they would do kind of go around the restaurants and and see if there were rat droppings or, or roaches or unclean or food not stored at proper temperatures, and 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 you know that first inspection would be like they'd get like a fifty-eight or something not good. And then they said uh, we return later uh, two weeks later and they had a ninety-seven or something like that because sometimes it might take an incident to really you know turn things around for an establishment. So. You know, Craig, when I, back in my newspaper days, that used to be my favorite email to get from Williamson County is when they did health food inspections. Oh, really? They sent those out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, here's where I can eat and here's where to avoid. Here's what to avoid. Okay. All right. There it is. There's your Flex 30 update for this Monday. All right. Uh, time now for our second hour, Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Let's start it off with Jeff's notes. Actually, let's go ahead and let's, let's get this audio out of the way, and I'll uh, I'll end I'll end with the foosball. Uh, okay, all right. Let me, we have uh, we have audio, yes, yes, we do. I just had to pull up my script on that sort. I know Cam obviously has the audio. All right, well, I'll, all right. I'll you know I'll, no, no, I'll, I've got it. You good? Okay, I've got it right. Yeah, got it right here. I uh, just had to had to uh, pull it up here. All right, so you know, disappointing loss for Texas. Uh, but uh, unbelievable effort by Quinn Matthews on the mound. We heard from David Pierce last hour of the post-game interview. After that, uh, Roger Wallace uh, 
was visiting with a couple of the players, Dylan Campbell and Mitchell Daly, down in the dugout. And and you talk about guys who are ready to go right back to work. Campbell ready to go right back to work. I mean, moments after the loss to Stanford, D.C. ready to go with game three. I feel like we've already shaken it off right now. You know, I mean, we're not going to hold on to this. We're just going to forget about it. Um, obviously, it didn't go our way. Um, but we're going to go home tonight and, and prepare for tomorrow, whatever time that's at. Well, the time is 5 o'clock local time out here. It'll be 7 o'clock Texas time. So that, that's how right after the game that was that Campbell said that. And then, uh, you know, the, that deal about having to – uh, be forced to a final game. It's the first time the Longhorns have faced an elimination game in NCAA play this year. But Campbell was part of that Texas team that dropped game one of the Super Regional in Greenville to East Carolina last year and had to win two in a row to win it and uh, and able to win that one on the road. And so now they're trying to do it in back-to-back years on the road in a decisive third game. Well, yeah, you know, it's never easy, but from where we've been this season, I feel like we've been put in this position a few times. Um, so I feel like we have kind of practiced this before. So we're going to go in tomorrow ready to go, and we know it's at stake, so we're going to go ahead and take care of business. Yeah, so trying to trying to turn the trick on the road in a decisive third game in back-to-back years after not doing all the way since back to 2005. And then there's Mitchell Daly, who has uh, become a bit of a hitter. During uh, this this thing, even for all of the struggles, Mitch has had himself a good postseason, both at the regional with a big home run against Louisiana and also had a big double against Miami, had the home run uh, last night. And, uh, of course, Mitch is the one who lifted the fly ball to, to right center that wound up getting misplayed in right center by Seaborn Campbell there on Saturday that allowed – uh, the first two runs of the five-run inning to score. So Daly has been around the plate. He's been competitive in his at-bats. And he also ready to go back to work and ready to shake this one off. Yeah, that's playoff baseball. You know, we know it was going to be a tough battle. You know, they're, they're a good team. It was a good pitcher on the mound. So we didn't expect, them, expect it to be easy. So uh, same mentality going into tomorrow. You know, our minds were right today. And, uh, you know, we're excited for it, ready for it. Yeah, uh, so that those uh, – Two bits of sound coming from those guys right after the loss to uh, Stanford, saying, "Let's go, let's get it, you know, run it back. Let's let's get uh, ready for another game against the Cardinal and and one final opportunity." As we talked about, Jeff, you, if you've got a shot to do a winner take all thing one more time for a trip to go to Omaha, you'll take that opportunity, just like the Longhorns had to do last year in Greenville at East Carolina. And it's it's interesting when you look at these two teams, Craig, in kind of the history, like you know, we talked about Texas having to do the winner-take-all in, in Greenville last year. And then Stanford, after last night, under David Esker, the last two years in regionals and super regionals, they're 9-0 they're and now in elimination games. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 all, it all started, obviously, with that comeback against Texas State in the regional last year. Yeah, I knew that. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to remind me, Craig. I knew that was sitting well, out there. So. Well, well, then I was going to move forward and say <laughs> then they had to do it in the Super Regional against UConn. Then they had to do it this year against Texas A&M after dropping the Saturday game. And so now they dropped the Saturday game, and, and, and now they come back and win Sunday, and here the Cardinal once more in position to, uh, to win another elimination game. 9-0, you mentioned, it's been pretty impressive to see. Uh, at the the regional and super regional level, obviously uh, Stanford, like Texas, went uh, two and out last year in Omaha, 
But uh, and, and the winner of this game tonight, Jeff, will be the only returning team from last year's College World Series field to go back to Omaha, whoever wins tonight's game. Because both Texas and Stanford made it last year. Uh, and uh, of all the teams that are in the field already, the six you mentioned, who are qualified, and the winner of the Southern Miss-Tennessee game, uh, which would be the seventh, none of those teams were in Omaha last year. Gosh, so. I just, you know, put in Texas or Stanford, you know, granted Southern Miss has had a great year, but if you're telling me, hey, you got to get through a you got to get through a bracket with Wake, Stanford or Texas, LSU and Tennessee, good good luck with that. You you earn your way into the championship series. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, and whichever team comes through that side of the bracket or or that they actually call it two separate brackets. I like to say it's bracket one and bracket two. So whoever wins that bracket uh, to get into the championship best of three series. That's why, by the way, uh, Augie Garrido used to term it differently from just about every other collegiate head coach I've heard when they say it's a season of five championships, your conference championship, your conference tournament championship, your regional championship, your super regional championship, and your national championship. Augie used to say it was actually six championships. Because you would, he said, you have your regular season championship, you have your postseason conference tournament championship, then you have your regional championship, your super regional championship, then you have your bracket championship in Omaha, which is just like a regional, and then you get to the best of three national championship series, which is like a super regional. So he used to say it's it, it's really two separate tournaments, one and and they're both double elimination. It's just that there's four teams in the first one and two teams in the second one, and you can only lose you know, one, one time in each of those. You could actually lose four times in NCAA postseason play and win a national title. You can lose once in the regional, once in the super, once in the bracket format, and once in the uh, national championship series. You can actually lose four games. And and still win a national title out of that. Hey, Stanford, now, Stanford named their starter. Uh, David Esker named his starter for tonight, Craig. He has not. Okay. He has not. He just said we have a number of options, uh, and and uh, I think there's there's and he's right. They he said I believe his his comment was uh, a number of options of guys who he said we can piece it together was the way he described it. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. I'll see Matt Scott. Start, Scott, of course, uh, came out of the pen the other day, Saturday for Stanford. Remember, he got the start against Texas A&M in the Monday night game, and then Quinn Matthews came out of the pen and threw 66 pitches in relief. Scott was the starter in that ball game, So it wouldn't surprise me if he started. Uh, I think you could uh, also see uh, Drew Dowd back out there again. He has started three ball games for there. Uh, Nick Dugan has started six games for them. Uh, the, he's a guy that could do it. Uh, Nicholas Lopez. Heck, they could even go with Brady Montgomery, the guy who's been DH, and he started two games for them uh, this year. Now, teams hit him uh, quite a bit. Uh, Brant Panzer is a guy that I think we'll see in the game probably at some point out of the pen. He only made one start, but he's 3-1 and one this year. And then, of course, obviously you could you could mix in Joey Dixon for an inning if he had to. And then I, I don't think we've seen the end of Ryan Bruno. I don't. I don't think we've seen the end of Bruno, the the closer that the Longhorns uh, patiently waited on his pitches the other day. So it, it, that wouldn't surprise me as well. So yeah, I th- I think there's an opportunity that you'll see several guys on both sides in this 
final game winner. And it'll be a very short leash, I think, every time a pitcher goes to the mound tonight. It's going to be a short leash because, as we know, no tomorrow. Lose, lose, and this thing's done. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll see any pitcher out there for very long who, who is not effective. If they start to struggle, then I, I think the hook will be coming. And it's just like so. uh, Dan Fouts, uh, the great Dan Fouts, said in the Water Boy, can't hold anything back. <laughs> Brett Musburger getting mad at him. We know, we know, we know. <laughs> Uh, you had a couple of notes. Just got one. Uh, Cam, file this away because I want to get your take on this tomorrow when we can talk more in depth about it. But I mentioned the anonymous Big 12 assistant survey that Athlon Sports runs. And typically, yeah. you know, there's a lot of railing against Texas. Uh, they're overrated, whatever. The roster's this, that, and the other, blah, sure. blah, blah. See how this catches your ears, gentlemen. The anonymous Big 12 assistant to Athlon Sports. They could get scary good if Quinn plays the way he's capable of playing. They're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to the standard of a Sark team. Losing Bijan is a serious blow, no doubt, but this is the kind of scheme and the kind of roster where you just adjust to the other talent. You don't try to fill a hole. There's so much talent there at tight end and receiver that they're going to burn some teams. And then uh, talking down a little further, the staff has really, really changed that culture. Bo Davis and those guys didn't screw around, and they've been weeding out the typical Texas entitlement we're all used to seeing. Those boys can hit now. They could actually back it up. They could actually back it all up this season. We'll see. So, and I'll I'll back this up. I heard from one Big 12 staff that watched the Texas spring game as a staff, got about 10 minutes into it, and one of the staff members allegedly said during this roundtable, well, I can tell you who's winning the Big 12 this year. <laughs> so there's there's some internally within the league, there's some confidence about what Texas is on the verge of potentially becoming under Sark. Let me say this before we go to break and get ready to close out the show. You and I, uh, when, when, when this Super Regional game ends tonight – uh, I'll not be on tomorrow because I'll be flying back one way or the other. The team's going to fly back tomorrow morning for what I've been told. They don't have the exact time nailed down, but but we'll be packing and in transit and going mm-hmm. through security and all that. So I'll be out tomorrow flying back. All right, so well, then I'll get back in the town. You and I will have a few shows together. Then you're going to go on vacation. Yes. And then I'm going to go on vacation. And then the two of us are going to reconvene in Arlington. On the 12th of July. And when we get there, it's bound to be one humdinger of a Big 12 football media days. The final time for Texas to go through the car wash that is Big 12 football media days there. The two-day thing going on down there. So I, I, I'm really fascinated not only by what we'll hear from Sarkin players. And normally that's an exercise in in just showcasing your program. Yeah. There's, there's there's not an awful lot that normally comes from but the but for like what you just said the attitude and all that other kind of stuff and the approach it's going to be real interesting this this year intriguing for a number of reasons at Big 12 Football Media Day so looking forward to it I don't think you'll see any of this the type of rhetoric that I just read I don't think you'll see any of that on display in a public right. forum but trust me there's there's growing interest around the league on where Sark has this thing headed Agreed. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's show of Light the Tower here on the Horn. (laughs) 
two quick things before we wrap up. First of all, a texter want to know why Quinn Matthews wasn't called for a ball with that little shimmy move he makes because he does still come to a discernible stop before he goes into his motion to the plate. That's why. And, and that's why that is a legal move. And then finally, Jeff, this my sister sends in. In every partnership, there is a person who stacks the dishwasher like a Scandinavian architect and a person who stacks the dishwasher like a raccoon on meth. Uh, that would be me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Some food for thought. All right. Uh, I'll be traveling home tomorrow. Jeff and Cam will have the program for you. 6.45 airtime, 7 o'clock first pitch, decisive final game of the Super Regional Series, Texas and Stanford. Four man behind the glass, Cameron Parker. And for my co-host, Jeff Howell, I'm Craig Way. Invite you to stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. We'll visit with you next time on Light the Tower.